and I've opened the gates for them. Oh, hey, hey, sorry. <laughs> and then they're driven out. I'm about to close the gates. And then when I see my mom reverse, and like there's all these people running and yelling, oh, they're coming closer, they're coming, they're coming. Guys, welcome to the seventh episode of the Bias Reality Podcast. I am your host, Orwell. Your host, Eddie. And it's Cornelius. Back again. Welcome back to the podcast, man. Thank you very much. Um, so, today, actually, before we even get to this, I'm just going to throw out a quick apology if, you know, the sound isn't what you guys are normally used to. We are currently... Hiding in a garage <laughs> somewhere in Germany, trying to record this because we couldn't find a place to record. We were meant to be on a bus to Italy in how many hours? Two hours? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so yeah, we just trying to get this out, you know, record for you guys so, you know, we don't leave you um, stranded or. Yeah, hanging. Yeah, that yeah. one. And we already checked out from our hotel so we can just go back there. Yep. So the garage is this. Fucking garage. This Look, if someone were to walk in here right now, this would look so bad. Bro, but I hope they don't call the cops while we're recording if they hear someone saying something. <laughs> anyway, the audience can appreciate the, how relentless you guys are. No one in jail. Exactly. See, <laughs> we're doing this for you guys. So if we end up going to jail, a big. Bit bills. <laughs> please, we're you begging you. Please. <laughs> <laughs> now, anyways, today's um topics. Today is gonna be more just a you know conversation, which is based on a conversation we had earlier today, around just like you know the journey we've all gone on to get to where we currently are, and just you know how our past and everything has sort of shaped us into where we are and where we're trying to go. So I, um, just for a bit of context, earlier today we were talking and um, Cornelius you know, mentioned how growing up, like the things that we went through, because I think, what was it? We saw our baby in a pram. <laughs> oh, oh, we saw our baby in a pram and he turned around and was like, you know... How do you guys feel about that, not being in a pram growing up? It's like your entire life you've never been in a pram. <laughs> And yeah, it just, it, just, it just went from there. We just, you know, we just realized like the different upbringings that a lot of us had, especially for the three of us here. You know, we lived the first half of our lives in Nigeria yeah. and then we came over here. And then seeing the way, you know, a lot of kids grew up here, it's, we sort of like stop and then think back to how we grew up. And it was very different because you were telling a story today about your sister. Yeah. Do you want to share that story? Well, um, it was a story my mom shared with me before I was born. Uh, mom was in the village and uh, my sister, the third one, they'd go to the market and mom would carry my sister, her name is Blessing, underneath this little um, basket on her head. And there'll be a goat on the other, like a double story sort of like basket. 
and she's taking the goat to the market to sell and blessing will be under and the goat would piss into all sorts of things and oh. nasties yeah it's, it's not the greatest sight however it sort of just um shows you the the different ways of living people people have and um I feel like our lives are, it's a massive testimony, I, I guess. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, if that was here, your mom's going to jail. <laughs> yeah, but it was like, mom was, she had to take blessing with mm. her. And, yeah. She had to do what she had to do. And right. I, I bet like 100% that factors into how your sister has come up as well. Of course. And where she is now, she's doing great. And, you know, that's one of those stories that you turn around and you laugh at it or you tell your kids and it's just like, oh, that really happened. Absolutely. Because it doesn't even matter what struggles we face. We can always look back and be like, well, if I handled that or if mom did that, dad did that, I can do this as well. So it's good. Exactly. And um, you as well growing up, I know you normally say, you know, how you guys used to live in like, you know, the one bedroom with like how many kids and look just so many different like so many different ways of growing up man yeah i mean live for face me i slap you <laughs> <laughs> if you if you have lived in that before if you know if you know you know um I, it's hard to explain how face me i slap you even worse man but um yeah it's definitely it's definitely um something i hold to this to this day you know um where i started in you know um, I use that as motivation for myself um, to propel me to greater things. Um, but yeah, definitely had um, a different upbringing to some people. Um, but yeah, I feel like um, it's it's built me up to what I am today yeah. and where I'm still going to be. And when you say like, you know, it's built you up, because again, with me as well, you know, growing up in Nigeria, back then there are lo- lots of things that we look back on now and we're just like, rah. Back then, we didn't think nothing of it because that's all we knew. Yep. But now we look back and we're just like, whoa, that, that was actually, that was, lo- that was low-key struggle, you know? <laughs> it definitely was. <laughs> that was struggle. Uh, I remember, like, my mom would give me 100 naira to go buy, you know, stuff to, for, to make lunch. And now, what, now what's 100 naira? What right. are you going to buy? What's up? What's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, man. this current economy, you can't get anything with that. Exactly. Yeah. But back then, you know, Go, go go to the market, you can get fish, you know, get stuff for soup and then come back, you know, at least that's lunch. And for those people that lived in Lagos as well, remember mom would give me money to school every day and I would save it up and on Fridays I'll go get this drink called Tandy. It was like the Coke or the Fanta back then. It was very, like it was cheap. It was a cheaper Coke. Uh, yeah, if you remember yeah, that. Look, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what Tandy is, but I live in Lagos, but I've never heard of Tandy. So, yeah. well, I lived in PH, so. No, it's this, it's like a Coke. Well, it's not Coke. It's like a poor man's Coke that you can buy from wherever. I, I, I was on them Capri Sun every week. Capri Sun? Big man. This guy. <laughs> big man. <laughs> big man. Look, yeah. I swear that was cheaper than Coke as well, though. You guys are talking Coke. Look, when I was in primary school, any money I saved, bro, we use it and buy cowbell milk <laughs> and just lick it. <laughs> wow. uh, bro, what about that um, such a... It was, it's called Eve. Like it's like a, it's it's got the black currants and the. Oh, I remember that stuff. And yeah, you just buy it on my mixing water. Put it in water, like oh. nutritious. It was like Pandera. You just buy, you pour in there, and you just drink it. That's your oh, soft that drink. Amazing. And then for um for breakfast it'd be Calva chocolate. I remember oh. when Calva chocolate came out, bro. I'm surprised I don't have diabetes. 
<laughs> Nothing, just sugar, bro. I'm it's surprised how, I don't have to drinks the sugar, bro. You know how they were in like the little um, sachets? <laughs> yep. We would buy like Absolutely. save all your money and as many as you can afford, just put it around your neck. <laughs> Lick it for death, bro. But then there were different levels of poverty. Carbo chocolate was still considered. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. So, Carbo chocolate was considered the rich poverty. Okay, the one below that we used suko. Do you remember what suko? Was? <laughs> because in Lagos, when we moved from the village to Lagos, my mom used to have a shop, and we used to sell provisions like um soft drinks, Carbo chocolates, pig milks, and all that. And the pig milks you just say that we never used it. Like we always used the suko and the Carbo chocolates mm. and akam for breakfast and bread every single day. The same thing you eat. Oh, please. Experiences. Well, like even back then, like looking at it now, like I would say, like you know, for me and like my family, like there is struggle that some people struggle. That I look at, I'm just like, right, you guys, well, like you, you, you went through some shit. Because at the end of the day, like I know, like growing up, I had there was food at home. Like even on days where you come back home and there's like no food, there was still something that you could you know go find. Even like. In, like you know what I mean? Yeah. But now I mean now kids will look at that and be like, Whoa, what do you mean like you you know, what do you mean you did that? What do you mean this? Yeah. But bro, back then it was just a norm. It was like, look, it is what it is. And now we've gotten to the point where we're at a point in our lives where we can look back and be like, the fact that we could do that and you know, the fact that we went through that, the fact that that is how we grew up yeah. sort of like shaped us and you know, now we're in a way where if we were ever in a situation where, you know, we needed to fend for ourselves, we needed to, like, you know, come up with something, there's no food, there's no this, we know exactly, like, we're fine. Yeah. Yeah. And my family were considered well off back then because mm. we were very grateful for what we had. At least, like you said before, there was still food to eat. We'll go back home. There were people that were way worse than us. Exactly. On our street, nothing to eat, always, like, it was, it was tough. And um, it's, coincidentally, our lives changed after we moved overseas. I'm not trying to, no shade to Nigeria or anything, but yeah, you make your own deductions and judgment about that. Mm. Yeah, very, very similar to mine as well. I think there was always options available, I'll say, even when there was nothing. Um, even, you know, in our situation, we saw, there were other people you would see and you'd be like, oh wow, you know, they're really struggling. Yeah. Even though you're struggling as well, so um, I think what, what it also does, it's, it's um, sorry, what it does is it's, it helps me empathize with people yeah. um, that are going through the same thing now. So when I see, you know, people going through the same thing that I've been through before, uh, either worse or similar, you know, I, I think back to my experience and go, okay, yeah, I, you know, I can relate to these people. I know what they're going through and, you know, um, kind of, you know, help them in a way, in, in you know, any form I can. Yeah. Uh, just to make sure, you know, they're, you know, always keeping the positive mentality because that's the only thing that can get you through something like that, you know? And I feel like uh, our years in Nigeria, we were sort of just waiting to leave. It was, I know it sounds bad, however, we were obviously in high school, primary school, high school and all of that. But after that, there was no real outlet. Our hope was always to leave and go overseas and obviously start university over there and so on and so forth. Uh, but yeah, you guys are right. That was the norm. You were used to that. You did not know a different life. Mm-hmm. Bro, you're lucky when you were waiting to leave. We didn't even know we were going anywhere or anything. I think my one was like going up and down because there was a point where it was like, okay, we're going to Australia. And then it was like, you know, immigration and all those people and the whole yeah. their And then it was like, okay, that's not happening anymore. And then out of nowhere, it was like, okay, we're going. It was like, oh. Like, I, I remember like towards the end, towards up until the part, the time where we then finally came. And like, we'd already given up on like coming here. Because I remember my dad was like going to, like, he was, he'd already like planned moving yeah. back, already sent all his stuff back. 
and then I don't know what changed. Like, yeah, yeah, because I was it wasn't more like oh, we're, look, we're just hoping we had yeah. hope that yeah. something was going to happen because that wasn't always in Australia, that was in Europe as well. It was in France, it was in Turkey, all these different countries. So we're just like, you know what. Seems like life is better out. At least this, you you doing something. With your well, that was the, that was the mindset back yeah. then. Because mm-hmm. I remember when, like, even back at school, when people found out that my dad was in Australia, it was always every day everyone started calling me Australia. It was like everyone, <laughs> everyone's like, "Oh, are you gonna go to school there? Oh, you're gonna like, you're gonna move." This this was even before like back before I even knew I was going anywhere. Like, because back then we had that mindset that look, as soon as you leave Nigeria, your life is better. Yeah. yeah. But the reason people have that mindset, though, is that with our country, for a lot of people, they or some people, they've got no hope. That, um, that's there, true. There no jobs. It's worse stay. now as well compared to when we were growing up. Exactly. Because let's say you're an 18, a 16-year-old boy and you see a 20-year-old or your 20-year-old friend and they finished high school, but they were not able to get admission. And that, literally, that's like your future if you stay where you are. So it's, it's a bit scary. So mm. a lot of people try and find a way to get out of it. They don't want that to be their life. If you know what I mean? Exactly. And when we talk about like struggles as well, it's not just in terms of like, you know, financial struggle or like, oh, there wasn't food. It was just in terms of the way that we grew up. Like again, going back to that whole pram thing and like, you know, like us, look, we got carried on the back. <laughs> What's the pram? <laughs> it was more of a funny comment. I, I'd say that... Um, Obviously, the other option was for, we, we got carried on the back and all of that. Yeah. And we were left to crawl around like this, like that. I mean, I, I wouldn't trade that for anything else. Exactly. I mean, like, and yeah. Just so. thinking back now as well to, again, the way we grew up in terms of school. You know, you go to school, you get flogged, yeah. <laughs> you didn't do your oh. homework. Oh. Bro, that's nah. Every time I think about that, I'm just like, raha. Dude, I remember in freaking school, man, public humiliation. So, you know, you have assemblies every day, yeah. morning and, and afternoon. Yeah. At the end of the term. But you guys had it morning and afternoon. Morning and oh, afternoon. Every day. Mornings, bro. I was yeah. Royal Comprehensive College, Ikbaja. If you know that school. Yeah, morning. No, <laughs> no, morning and afternoon we have assemblies. And at the end of the term, the final assembly, they'll call out first position, third position. Yeah, that was my school. Everybody. Whoever oh. comes last gets flogged. Two seniors will hold you, one on your leg and one on your heart, and they'll flog you. So you can imagine, and you know how everyone, like SS1, SS2, like seniors, you call them senior. Yeah. Imagine a, your JS1, your junior, seeing you getting flogged, you're coming last. That means somebody needs to get flogged every turn. <laughs> Bro, they used to flog the bottom three. Dude, it makes no sense. On assembly. And then my school started doing this stupid thing where they would go through, call the first, second, third. Yep. And then flogged the bottom three, and then they started calling everyone that actually filled a particular subject. That is true. So if you got less than fifty in a particular subject, you were coming out to collect your cane. Like I, I don't even agree with the whole ranking thing. It should just be like a grade because there will always be someone who will come last, and that person will feel inadequate. It's 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 not makes no sense to me. But yeah. all that is yeah. I do I do agree with that, but I don't know what kind of schools you went to because they didn't flog nobody for coming last in mind. Really? I mean, if you, if you did if you did so bad that you failed a course, it wasn't in front of the assembly. It was more in front of the whole class, but not not the assembly. Uh, they flogged but, you in assembly, my guy. Nah, well, I mean. <laughs> Jesus, and even in primary school, they would use us in agriculture to freaking cultivate and plant cassavas and all that, and corn. And at the end of the term, I remember this one time, this one particular term, I was part of the people that went out there to plant. You know how you make a bed and you make this yeah, little. We plants. had to do that as well. And then you finish it, and then at the end of the day, you're thinking, you, okay, maybe they'll you give don't us keep some corn. anything. They don't give us anything. Nothing. Literally, the principal and the proprietors they take it home. <laughs> exactly what I was. Wondering. You don't keep it. I remember like when I first, when I moved to Australia, year ten. I did agriculture because I, I like I, for year ten. I think my first year in Australia, 
we were in some country town. So agriculture was like, you know, subject. That. And we all got to like, you know, plant stuff. And every time we grew, we took our stuff home. Yeah. It belonged to us. But the ones we did in Nigeria, bro, we did not see. That it was labor in this country. They used us to cut grass. <laughs> bro, you come late to school, you're cutting grass. Exactly, bro. A Greek was one thing I hated the most, man. And that's why I didn't even have any freaking things to harvest, bro. Like, if I wasn't going to take it home anyways, I wasn't putting it for the international. Man, and funny experiences, we're living in that primary school, whenever we have like a soccer tournament, school versus school, this freaking sports guy will not choose the students. He will go get mercenaries from outside. People that don't even attend our school, and every school is known to do this in our area. And people, our, our soccer players are just like, okay, we're not, we're not going to play, we're never going to play for this school. Because we're like, they don't choose us. And then you go to secondary school, you come late, they beat you, they tell you to kneel down, tell you to pick Bro. rubbish around the school. We went, you, if you came late in my school, if you came, even if you came like one second after assembly started, they'll tell you to line up first. You'll be there, assembly will finish. They will then come, flog you. Bro. When they finish, they'll give you cut last. <laughs> Go to the you go and cut grass. Jeez. Nah, nah that, was, that was messed up, man. Right. They did the same for us as well. Like, once you got to the. I mean, you might as well not show up if you can't come late, anyways. Like, the gate mom deals with you. God bless you, you came after assembly. After gate mom, you're going to face your teacher in the class as well. <laughs> that was still flogging before you. No, no, no. And the worst part was, like, most of the time, it wasn't even your fault that you were late. Because yeah. I remember my mom used to drop me off at school. And I was just like, why am I cutting grass? I was up early. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true, man. <laughs> I'm like, I was up early. Why am I cutting grass? He's, nah, man, look. And that, that was high school, primary school, bro. I remember yeah, primary school, man. Even there, it was like still flogging, man. Bro, we've been getting flogs from like coming out the womb. <laughs> and we, in primary school, we had this gardener. He lived on the school and we had this fruit tree. And for some reason, it, does, it never wants students to get the fruit. Anytime we go out there to put fruit, if this guy catches you, we'll start flogging you. How can someone who's not a teacher, who's not your parents, just start picking you up, just start flogging you? Like- at least this guy is a gardener at your school, yeah? When I was fucking, when I used to walk home from um, high school, so my sister, her school wasn't far from mine. And a lot of time, if I, if I was walking home, I could, there was a shortcut through her school. But there was this woman that was always at the gate. Bro, you've already done the long walk, got into the final gate. That's where she used to chill with Hakeem. She's not a teacher. She's not anything. Even if she was a teacher, she's not my teacher. But then you get there, she doesn't want you to pass. She'll tell you to turn around and go back where you came from. That's wicked. And then if you try to run around, she'll she just start weeping. Jeez. Bro, what the... I remember, I remember one time, my mom told me to pick my sister up. So my sister's finished school. She was supposed to wait. I've got in there. It turns out my mom finished early or something so she's already come and pick her up so i get to the gate i'm like look the only reason i'm here is because i can pick my sister up woman didn't believe me she didn't believe me she was like turn back turn back turn back and go to where you came from she wouldn't let me, like i'm like this is the gate i'm literally in front of the gate my house isn't too far from here let me pass this woman refused Dude, i remember when i first entered jess jess i no, i skipped jess no, I did Jess when I skipped Jess too. I got double promotion to Jess three, wow. but then, <laughs> dude, I no no, it's not because of that. It's just I don't know. I got two double promotions. I missed um Jess. Little brag right here. I missed Jess. You got double promoted to Jess three, and I missed SS one. Got double promoted to SS two as well. Yeah. It's all that. Anyways, Jess one. Um, I we didn't pay for the school bus, so I used to walk home. And what me and my friends used to do was that um the bus that went to our area, 
once it starts moving, moving, we use the, it's it's called tamo. So tamo is like a Yoruba word. You just hang at the back of the bus. Like uh, so, you run after the bus and you hang and you just hold on to it. And when you want to come down, you need to be very careful. You don't just jump down. You have to put one leg down and then start running while your hand is still attached to it. And then your leg goes slowly because if you jump down, you're breaking your leg. And it's just like funny because I feel like I wish I can go back and just watch myself do all those things. Because mm. the Cornelius of back then, Jesus, it wasn't Cornelius, it was Tochuku. Back then, it was this coming local champion. It was, it, was, it was bad, but um, I'm glad I had those experiences because now I can look back and just laugh about it. Exactly. Yeah, compare that with my nephews and my nieces. I'm like, guys, you have it. So good. You guys have it. Easy. <laughs> and the thing is, my dad would, would have told me the same thing back then. I told you, you have it so easy. Back in the days, you walk 10 kilometers to the guy and take a oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I don't walk 5K to school, but Bro, I used to, they can't tell me that. I used to, look, in my case, yeah, I used to walk on purpose because my mom would give me money for transport. <laughs> I wanted to use the money for something else. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we got money. I mean, yeah, if we did as well, I'd probably use it to buy something else. Like, go buy a bread and a car for one joint. Like, jeez. No, my mom used to give money for transport, and I'll just pocket it and walk. And, bro, look, to be honest here, I don't even know how I wasn't kidnapped because there was one, there was one point where... So there was this bus. I don't even like. I don't know what company it is. I don't know who owns it. Well, myself, another guy, and two girls. So my friends. I don't even know how this started. It was just one day we were at the bus stop, and this guy was driving the company bus. We don't. It wasn't a branded bus. It was just a white bus. You know, one of those air conditioned ones. Mm. We're just driving, and then he stopped, gave us a lift. Some random guy that we don't even Are you know. Excited? Guy, <laughs> it was free transport. <laughs> I don't know. what happened was like it was my two friends here. Yeah, the day before they had they got the lift, and then the next day we were with them, so we've gotten the lift too. And then it became like a daily thing. So anytime he was going past, we jump on. Wow. This guy could have kidnapped us, man. That's a massive risk, man. This guy could have kidnapped us. But bruv, but we were just like, look, we don't have to walk home, and we get to save our this, money. This guy. There was this point we had this um there was like this thing going around our, our area kidnapping with Costa biscuits. Remember that biscuit called Costa? Yeah. Costa biscuit. Apparently people they used to kidnap kids with that. And there was this massive announcement at school. If anybody offers you biscuit on the yeah. If anybody offers you biscuit on like outside, don't accept, run away, this and that, because they're not they're not kidnapping children. Lord, I can remember my fear back then. Like I used to fucking walk home, I used to tumble home, I used to do all this shit and Motherfuckers kidnapping people now. It was fucked. It was yeah, fucked. it's not even just the cost of biscuit. There were a lot of things that were happening, and you know, they'll come announcing in school like, oh, yeah. if someone offers you a ride, don't enter. Someone like, at one point, it became the thing where I don't even trust anybody, man. I'm just walking yep. down the street like, yo, fuck you, fuck you. I just want to go. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but looking back now, you're just like, damn. Man. That's why I'm like, look, I could have been kidnapped, man. Because it's not like it's not like we didn't yeah. know we shouldn't have entered. We knew this damn thing. We just, I don't know, we just weren't scared for some reason. And back then, boys were fast, man. I, mean, <laughs> I was very fast back then. But now, business. <laughs> but then that's a, that's a massive contrast. Though. I mean, you could like back then and life now. And like, wow, mm. we can only thank God. I mean, it's definitely not just by our efforts or anything, our parents' efforts. Although 
played a big part in it. But exactly. at the same time, mm. how could you? I mean, um, we used to live in a. Uh, I told you guys before, one bedroom apartment it was like a sitting room and also a bedroom, and it was like a public toilet, and we didn't have a kitchen. So what we used to use for kitchen, because my dad was overseas and it was just my mom and five children. We used to have this little tank. So do you know those metal tanks mm. and they're cut in half, yeah. and then they freaking tip it over. So you can walk yeah. in there and um, mom, mom sort of positioned that thing outside next to the window of our one room and that's what we used to cook and sometimes it'd rain Bruh. and sometimes animals would come, the dogs, chickens and all that and sometimes people would steal our soup and this is what I mean by there's levels to the struggle because <laughs> we had a kitchen Oh, well, the house was more of a shared kitchen. So if you cook something, you better drag that thing inside your house. Yep. <laughs> yep, absolutely. You'll get someone to stay out there while yeah. you go inside. And the stove was one tiny stove. Like, yep. like gross. <laughs> <laughs> I keep thinking these days, like, how do we even use that? You stuff? know, those, those, those kerosene ones. Yeah, those kerosene ones. Yeah. Like, and then you have to nah. go and be buying a week. Uh, <laughs> you know that thing where, if you, let's say it's, it's a Sunday, you, every, everyone cooks rice on a Sunday. Rice on stream. Mom will need to cook the um, tomato the that before and leave it on the charcoal pot or something back in there. But then later, Later on, we got our own house and we had, we had our own kitchen and all of that, and life got better and so on. Yeah. Mm. Was... And back then, we had to deal with Nepa. Bro, forget Nepa. Sometimes you have days with no light. We had to deal with Nepa, Jesus. Bro. They would take light one week. Yeah. Yeah. Like now, bro, kids now are spoiled for choice, yeah? Because it's like you can do. Especially, well, not in Nigeria because they're still struggling with Nepa. But, like, he, but like here, you know. You have all your different things that rely on electricity. You don't have to think about it twice. If there is ever a power outage, just like this massive thing, and they, it comes back within a couple hours. Back then, for us, what power outage, bro? It's more of a big thing when there's actually lights. <laughs> you would be in the freaking like park or not even the park in the road playing soccer or something and you see the light come on. Never Watch the whole light. street just go into chaos, bro. Light Everyone's don't come. Like this, like this. They're not playing lights. <laughs> well, to be honest, man, I think um, if I was asked to choose between that life, that childhood, and the childhood of kids, oh, I'm picking days, my, I'm picking that. One. I mean, yeah, I'll pick that for some certain trade-offs. Like, obviously, give us more electricity. Yes, mm. I accept that, and maybe more security as well. Because I told you guys before that thieves came to our um, area yeah. and posted a note. This, they're so freaking bold. They posted a note telling us we're going to be at your place at, at your area next week on Sunday. Mm. How old is that? And this, what? Okay, in 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 the country like this, maybe call police, the police they'll come well, and shoot. Police, <laughs> didn't I tell you how? Again, similar thing. Amber robbers broke into our compound, and freaking, I was in the freak, I was in the toilet when so my mom knocked oh, on yeah. the door, and she was like, <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> and they went into my neighbor's house first. He's run away, jumped over the fence to go call the police. Which police? Police didn't come. Lord. <laughs> mm, yeah, that childhood, man, just give us those two things, security, um, electricity, and perhaps, just, yeah. Yeah, I remember back then as well, man, talking, talking about security, bro, the amount of things that were happening around my area, man, in PH, especially during that whole, um, the Niger Delta militant era, mm. bro, you're walking to school, you're hearing gunshots, you, you walk yes. out of your classroom, you're seeing, like, stray bullets on the floor, like, you know, the shells, Lord, bro. That's tough. It's nah. Look, those days were crazy. I, did I, tell, I told you guys the story of how my mom and my sister were gonna go make their hair, and I've opened the gates for them. Oh hey hey, sorry. And then they're driven out. I'm about to close the gates and then when I see my mom reverse and like there's all these people running, yelling, "Oh, they're coming closer! They're coming! They're coming!" Turns out nobody was no, coming. <laughs> One person ran. Everybody took off. That's the funniest thing with Nigerians, bro. If you wanna just like 
see Nigerians in chaos, just act like something's happening. Like something, <laughs> just start running and like shouting, and everyone's just gonna follow you. Like, yo, we we don't ask questions first. We run first and then ask questions later. Later, man. We must clarify that not every, not every part of Nigeria is no. like that. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, and this was like a specific time yep. as well. So this was back then. Like you can Google it. It was yeah. an actual issue back then. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no. Look, the fact that like back then I didn't think much of it. Yeah, but now looking back and going, right, I actually grew up during those times. I actually, like, bro. Whenever there was light and you're watching the news, it was always, oh, if you hear the gunshots, you know, go under your, t- go under your table, go under your this, go under your that, stay away from the windows. And it's just crazy, like you're sitting in your house, literally listening to gunshots. And also, remember, um, Aruba, you, Lego, you live in Lagos here. Yeah. There was this time, I was very young, but my brother was a bit older than me, he was telling me about it. Um, it's the run, when Abiola, I think Abiola was um, a governor of Lagos State back then. And he died while on the throne or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I think the Yoruba people, they, uh, they thought that he, that he was assassinated by other tribes or something. So there was this run, like in the marketplace. Mama was in the marketplace then. They would run and just destroy things and it was very violent. And I think my brother was stuck out. And that was when he got lost as well. And when my, whenever mom tells us about that, like, Nonso could have gotten freaking trampled upon during the, in Igbo, they call it Osa Abiola. That's it's like running for the Abiola run. But things like that, I just remember it like, wow. We actually went through that. Bro, and exactly. Yeah, like, you just think back now and you're like, wait, that was something that we lived through. And now we're here just laughing about it. Yeah. Jeez, Lord. Now they just said that, that's fucking hell. Thank God. <laughs> like, literally yeah. anything could have happened. And here we are just laughing about it. Man, I had a friend back in um, primary school. His name was Smart. Smart was very athletic and he was very intelligent. Well, his name was Smart, but he was a very intelligent guy as well. Well, look, um, his name is Smart doesn't mean anything. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> Smart has passed away. Um, he actually oh, rest in peace. He passed away, and I hope you're resting in peace rest in rest right in now. Peace, um, he, he passed away when, when I was in primary school, and it was something very silly. I think he had a boil on oh, his wow. leg somewhere. Something so minor, and Smart was still coming to school. He obviously, I don't know why he kept on coming to school. And I remember there was this time his mom was like, this thing hurts me so much. And he was talking to us about it. And it's just, it's just so many things have happened. So many friends have gone and just thinking about yeah. it. How did, how did we make it this far? I mean, right now I feel like you're talking about social media and internet use and part. And I feel like I've become accustomed to that lifestyle as well. Mm. But when you think about what we actually went through, it's like Cornelius, mm. God has done a lot in your life. You gotta yeah. just sit back and just deep it, man. Just, yeah. And then just, just appreciate the fact that yeah, actually, there's one, there's one experience I had that I still think to this day, like, I don't know how I made it through that, like, um, you know, back home, you were prone to all these, like, mal- malaria and, like, getting sick. Bro, malaria was like a headache. Yeah, malaria, yeah, it was, like, very common. And at this point, I think I was about six or seven, um, I feel, I feel a bit sick, and I had to go stay with my mom in her shop, she was selling stuff, she was selling yams and stuff, and she took me to the nurse to get some, like... I think I had to get an injection on that day. Yeah. So I got the injection. They took me back to, you know, my mom's store. I was laying down. And I, I remember this to this day, bro. I woke up and my eyes were turning. Everything was turning around me. Like I wasn't stable. I was like, wait, what's going on? Mm. And I collapsed. I actually collapsed on that day. So what happened was they'd give, they'd give me the wrong injection. They're, bro, like, there is some they, they, incompetent people yeah, though. Like they got the wrong shit into my system, so I had to go on like drips for like three days and stuff. And I'm like, bro, I don't know how I made it past that yeah. experience, bro. And that's something that I don't know how it is now, but that's something that also needs to be worked on back home in yeah. terms of like just the healthcare. 
Because even, bruv, I remember, like, I was in the hospital, freaking got hit by a car, went to the hospital. Something as simple as a stitch. How do you mess up a stitch if you're a doctor? Yeah. <laughs> Screwed up. But then um, the good thing you get out of those things is obviously it makes you stronger, but you also learn about things as well. Like right now, I feel like I'm, I'm very competent at being a farmer. I can plant whatever crops you want me to. <laughs> I can plant whatever crops you want me to plant. I know a bit about like treating things. Like, for example, uh, my sister had measles. Uh, do you, did, yeah, measles. measles. And um, they didn't take it to the hospital. I think they tried a few drugs, it didn't work. What worked, however, was it was very funny and sounds so bad. So we took uh, someone told us to do this. We what took soil, oh. no, sand. Just I don't know what soil it was. Just sand from the outside. You put it into a pot. You put some water in it and you boil it. And the water, then you sort of put in the sieve. And the water that comes out of that sand, you have to sort of wash your body with it. There are so many natural remedies, man. Dude, it blows my mind how that can work. And the next day, everything was gone. So many natural remedies. Are you thinking sand? Remember how freaking your parents would be drinking big bitter leaf? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that shit was rank. Bro, because so many things were being cured by natural sort of remedies. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I used to think that back then, mom, there's this thing called HIV, right? There's probably like a leaf out there that can cure HIV or, or cure these things. Because let's say you, you cut yourself, all you need to do is get a bit, bit of leaf and just put it on top. Yeah, exactly, yeah. put a bit of spit or water, put it on top, and that's it. It stops the bleeding. In a few days, it's gone. Or not gone, but it starts healing. It's like. Amazing. Yeah. Bro, don't forget the red blood bull as well. <laughs> I used to hate that shit. Bull was a staple, bro. Dude. And it was like, you remember this as well, they put all these different yeah. things in there. They'll you, tell you. That's, you didn't know what the hell was in that Is that thing, the one bro? with the sticks? Yeah, yes. the one with the sticks, bro. I'm They're like, always selling that stuff on the bus when we drive going from Potaka to Lagos. Oh, bro, like, you know what's amazing? They'll tell you, they'll tell you, this one cures this one, this one cures this one. You're like, madam, how did you know? That thing used to cure everything, apparently. <laughs> Apparently, it used to cure everything. You, it was stand up and list the entire like catalog of illnesses that this this, this stuff cures. <laughs> All you have to say is I'm sick and my bull was first in the room. And I'm like, wow, that thing's rank, bro. The taste of that, nah, I couldn't do it, man. Boy, it worked as well. I think it's just knowledge that was passed down from generation mm. to generation, parents teaching child and all of that, those things. Because you got to remember, before Western medicine came over, like people were getting sick and needed to be cured. Mm. So they had to figure out how to do that. And I'm going to get a bit superstitious for some people right now, but um, my dad told me a story that back in the days, there was this, there's a particular gift that was passed down from family, a family to another family or family, generations and generations. And it's the um, gift of um, healing people. So what they do is a man, let's say you have 10 kids and out of those 10 kids, maybe just one child has that gift. They can go into like a forest or a bush and let's say you told them, um, I have malaria. Okay, they'll say, okay, no worries, I'm going to go into the bush tonight. They go into a bush and just pick random leaves. And apparently these trees and these leaves communicate with that person. They tell them, this is what I cure. If you take this and you mix it with this. Back in, if you're an Igbo person, you know about this. They, this person actually picks different leaves because they, they don't understand or it communicates with them somehow. Yeah. And they mix it together and give it to you and the next day you're cured. Wow. I mean, it sounds a bit crazy, but then what's crazy these days? I mean, we've we forgotten so much about our culture and our practices that some things might just sound too ludicrous to us. Exactly. But it actually existed back then. Um, I mean, look at the Chinese, for example, with the um, Shaolin monks. Look at the Indians and what they do. I mean, Africa, we had our own thing as well. But, yeah. Everyone's trying to get away from that. <laughs> yeah, it's always, yeah, we're moving towards the westernized version of everything. Yeah. All right. 
But um, look, yeah. But then talking about how we've you know had all these experiences, and then where we are today, like, how would you say these things have helped you in terms of not just in terms of like you know your career, but like you know your mindset, your you know your mentality, the way you see things, the way you react to things, and the way you like you know the way you deal with things. Well, for me personally, I think um, like I mentioned before, it makes you very. You show empathy. You can always put yourself in the other person's shoes. Yeah. And um, for me, it's also developed a very. I've got very strong ties with Nigeria. I always like. It's always at the back of my mind to go back. You guys know about this as well. Um, but well, it's like just it's explaining one phrase. Nothing I can face would like would face me mm-hmm. like because yeah. I know that. Look, man, there are people that have suffered for me to get here. Exactly. This, me being here and having these things that I have, the opportunities that I have currently, isn't by my freaking work. People have literally gone through hell to get me here. I have, I've got no excuse to, to fail. I've got no excuse not to make it. So, just, yeah, perseverance for me. Yeah, perseverance and um, hard work. You know, coming from where we came from, you had to be hard working to actually succeed and to really, you know, make it and even if people were hard working they still didn't make it you know so you have to work extra hard to make sure look i'm actually gonna make it here and that's one thing i i i take with me till you know till now where you know whatever i find doing i just try to work my best at it and um you know constantly try to improve you know for example we're talking about getting flogged the other time i remember when i was in primary one or two you know how after assembly you'd walk into class and you had to recite like the time statement? Yeah. I was the absolute worst at that. Like, every time I walked in the class, I was prone to get whooped, you know? And I was horrible at maths at the time. But then um, we had like someone who, to this day, I, I you know, I thank him. He, he decided to cheat on me for free. You know, maths and stuff. Like, he still whooped me a lot, but still. That's how, <laughs> look, when it comes to Nigeria, yeah, they think whooping is how you learn. Yeah, exactly. If but they whoop you, it stay in your brain. Nah, but what he actually did was, you know, he gave me a lot of things to work on. Like, I'll spend a whole weekend doing just maths. Like, working on this stuff. And slowly but surely, I started to pick this thing, this thing up. And that's what's even helped me till today. I was, you know, very good at maths from high school and up. Um, so that's one thing that I take with me away, you know, whatever I find myself doing, just work hard at it, you know, stay with it, you'll get it eventually. So that's one thing I take from those experiences. Yeah, I think for me, one of the biggest things, and this is something that a lot of people don't understand when it comes to me, I'm always calm. Like, it doesn't matter what, like, what happens or, you know, what situation I find. Like, usually I find, like, you know, I'll find myself in a situation where most people would be stressed. Or, you know, trying to figure out, mm-hmm. oh, what do I do? Yeah, and everyone's sure. running around. Mm-hmm. With me, I'm always just calm, like, because I know for a fact that I'm going to figure it out. Yep. Mm-hmm. 100%. Like, I haven't, till today, I haven't faced a situation where I was, you know, where I wasn't able to figure stuff out. And I know that I didn't figure that stuff out by stressing. Yes. Which is why I don't stress. Because I, because of the way I grew up and, you know, just knowing that I've been through, like, all these things and I've been, I've been in all these situations where, look, Back then, maybe I freaked out. It didn't help me. You know, even let's talk about something as simple as, oh, you've gone to school, you've forgotten your homework at home. Bruh. Stressing didn't help you. Yeah. Your teacher ain't listening to that. They're still whooping your ass. You're still getting slow. <laughs> <laughs> you must not just burn up. Exactly. <laughs> just for your dreams. Just don't stop. <laughs> so for me now, like regardless of whatever situation I am, I know that all I have to do is just stop and think about it mm-hmm. and like if I'm stressing my brain isn't going to work in the same way 
Well, once I'm, once it happens, I'm just like, okay, I need to retrace it because regardless of what happens, it's already happened. Mm. Now I need to fix it. Stressing isn't going to help me. So that's one thing that I can say, like all these things and all these, you know, these things that we've been through, that's one way it's helped me. Yeah, I think that's another thing I, I take as well, just being relaxed. Yeah. In terms of, you know, how you go about things. You see a lot of people stressing. And that's what I ask them, like, why are you all stressing like this? I mean, we have it good these days, especially when I was in uni, you know. So we have it so good these days that we have the resources and stuff available to us. Man, there are people back home who don't have resources and they have, yeah, they actually have to, you know, produce similar things or even better things than what we're producing here. So what's the point of stressing? There's always a way around it. So Staying relaxed and just making sure you know things get done. Um, when do there's always a solution, it's just having to sit down, relax, think properly, and go through everything you know in, in the right order, and you, you get it done. And also, um, in terms of your careers and you know, just going to work and how you are at work and how you interact with people, and you know, just your work ethic and stuff like that, would you say that the way you've grown up has sort of you know reflects in that area too for me in a sense it definitely um it reflects in the way i go about my work but i feel like when i think about my past something is activated in me i act differently Mm. sometimes when i forget it that's when i lose myself and i might sort of divert away from what who cornelius tochigo really is but i I feel like when I actually think about Cornelius, you've actually been through this, remember what dad went through, remember what mom went through. Mm. The way I interact with people is just different. Because nothing can phase me. I'll be like, you know, whatever problem it is, let's do it. This is how we're going to do it. This is how we're going to actually execute this. So I think all of that, there's, there's that part of me exactly. that, can be, that can be triggered. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. yeah, I was going to say the same thing as well. Because it's just, it helps you get focused. Mm. Like the minute, even if you are sort of like you know you're slacking, and you you just know okay, look, at the end of the day, I have friends back there that would kill to be doing what I'm doing yep. here yeah. right now. So the fact that I have this chilling and and, and I, I I'm trying I'm gonna be slacking nah yeah. So that way, as soon as you know, like you said, it triggers something, and then you can just be like okay, boom, this is what I need to do. This is what I'm trying to do. This is what I'm here for. Yeah. And that, you just made a great, very great, good point as well because there are people that would do absolutely anything to have the opportunity you have today right. to even be in the country you are because it's just like, why would I take that for granted? I mean, God has given me this opportunity. My friends have worked hard for this, so there's no excuse. There's no excuse for me. And I, I, I mean, in America, there's a massive Nigerian, like Nigerians are everywhere. Oh, yeah. We've got a presence there. And in Australia, not so much. I think we need to like develop our community to always keep our people connected to the culture in a way. Because I feel like if we can do that, we'll be greater. Because mm-hmm. Afri- we as Nigerians, that thing, we're just remembering that part of us, but like, man, look, we have to work hard. Yeah. We cannot be mediocre like you said like we're literally everywhere yeah we were, we were on the bus today and the guy who sat next to us was Nigerian <laughs> <laughs> I love when I was like do you know who you are talking to <laughs> he's like he's like you don't know who you are talking to I'll be, I'll be showing you yeah telling me nonsense <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was so funny, bro. Nigerians, the, the, the Nigerians that act, actually act Nigerian, they don't take any nonsense from anybody. <laughs> Seriously. Like, dude, if you can activate that part of us more often, if I can do that, I, I'm going to speak myself, but if I can activate that part of me more often, we're not going here now. Now, well, back to the question of, you know, how it affects, you know, my work ethic and stuff. I will say, I, I don't know if it affects 
you know, to like, yeah, similar with you guys, you know, there's some, there's some instances where I sit back and think um, as to where I've come from and what I'm doing and how, how much people would kill, you know, to be in my positions. Um, but the thing is that I do, you know, have that motivation with me anyways, where I, I have regular contact with, you know, some of my friends mm. um, from back home um, over 10 years now. And, you know, we still talk. I still see, you know, what they're going through back there. And that's a motivation thing for me. You know, every time I see that, I'm like, look, there's no way, you know, I've got such opportunity that I've got now and not utilize it. You know, I've got to make the most of the opportunity. I've got to work hard as much as I can to make sure that, you know, the people coming after me, my family and my generations, whatever that may be, um, I don't know the future, but, you know, I'm setting a good platform for mm. my family. My parents have, you know, sort of helped me um, to this point. God and my parents, you know, have helped me and got me, you know, to where I am now. And it's up to me now to pick it up and, you know, create the way for others as well. So we don't end up, you know, needing um, these things. So that, that's, that's the biggest thing. I don't think it's directly... Um, you know, influenced my work ethic because I didn't have as much of my teenage years back home. Yeah. But I would say just thinking about the experience and what people are going through as well, that's what gets me through. Mm. And also, I was going to say, um, the, way, the way I go about my work, I feel like I, I showed a lot of responsibility in terms of I've, I, I can't afford to not do good at what I do. Mm. Um, not just to my family, but people back home as well. I'm like, look, everyone, everyone in the family, extended family, they know who we are so they are looking on to us to be like okay maybe you guys will be the ones to liberate us if i can use that word so it's not i can't just decide to leave the country and disappear for two years or even disappear for for one month it's like uh if if i do that someone is going to suffer there's someone that needs my help in future for me even like regardless of all that as well like you said family you know you said look back at where your parents have come and another thing that also drives me is just Myself, like I look at myself and I go, look, yeah, I've done too much. I've been through too much to not fucking be great. Like I have to, it's like, it's impossible for me to not make it in this life. Yeah. Like it's literally impossible. And I think that's, you know, that just that mindset and that, you know, go get out, just, you know, go get a mentality. That's something that was instilled in me from, you know, the way I grew up and just a lot of these things where we look back and we're just like, back then we didn't want this stuff to happen, you know, we would have we, we would have preferred it didn't happen, like, you know, the way our teachers were back in school, and some of it, don't get me wrong, yeah, some of that stuff is wrong, look, wrong, don't be abusing children, <laughs> some of that stuff is wrong and needs to stop, but a lot of it sort of like, you know, shaped you in a certain way, and like, again, some people might say, you know, you could still turn out the same way, going a different route, but we didn't go that route, so we can't really speak on that. Yep. But we know the way that we, you know, we know how we were brought up yep. and we know how it's, you know, shaped us and how it's impacted us. And in terms of like, for example, myself, I know for a fact that whenever I have something that I need to deliver by a certain time or you know, it has to get done, yep. period. Yeah, for sure. Yep. And most of the time, yeah, it's something that I can get away with not doing it at the exact time. I can get, but just that mentality in me, I, like straight away, my brain, like I feel, I feel a certain type of way if I don't get that stuff done. Yeah. And I think that goes back to the fact that back then, look, if your assignment is due today, it's due you're today. If you, if you don't do it, you're getting punished. There's always a repercussion for yeah. all that stuff. So that's, you know, that's been instilled in me. And that's something that regardless of where I am today, that's where I am tomorrow, that's something that's going to follow me. 
great word repercussion is it's like there is a consequence for you not doing this or you doing things exactly. it's like you have to answer for it and i feel like we're very lucky in sense like looking at yes some some of those experiences were a bit shitty but looking at the good part of those things is that we've got experience but obviously we've been westernized in a way mm-hmm. but we also have the experience we, we know how to be nigerian and we can sort of compare and contrast that in our heads and like okay how do i re- react to certain situations and whatnot i mean we joke about how certain nigerians think a, think a certain way they've got this mentality yeah. this fucking shit and like that could have been us mm, but easily <laughs> i mean but, that, that was us at some point yeah, exactly it's, it's just the fact that we've been westernized now and you know we have a different way of thinking yeah about, but also the time that we left as well because again yeah. we left very young yeah, yeah. If we had stayed, what, stay a couple more years? Yeah, we knows? Like him, so, you know, I don't... That's why I'm, you know, more objective when, you know, I see some of the mentality that they have because you, you have to think about where they're coming from yeah. and the but fact that they haven't experienced any things. Yes, their mindset still yeah. needs to change. Don't get me wrong, I will still call yeah. you out and yeah, exactly. bullshit. And if, if, you're my, if, if your mentality is bullshit, I will call no, you out. I, I, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't like calling people out. So what I do is I just, you know point out that, hey, look, this is how things work. If you then don't change your mindset and mentality, that's when I'm like, all right, look, fix yourself up, man. Like, that's not how we're supposed to do it. But I think giving them that leeway at the start and going, look, this is how things work here and this is how, you know, we think here, that, that's important. It's just a lot of... And that's usually that how it is because, like, you see something and being from where we are, we can understand why. Yeah. But then it's like, okay, right. This is why you think like that, but that's not actually the way to go about it. And then, like you said, it's up to them to then. Yeah, uh, it's up to them. I want to actually understand better. I want to change this mindset. Mm. And on the other side of the spectrum as well, you've got the Nigerians or the black people that grew up in Australia that are very westernized. And you see the way they act sometimes, and it's, sometimes it's, you know, it's very embarrassing. It's like, oh my God, geez, you're really going to do that? Uh, but I think we're perfectly in the middle where we can sort of draw from both experiences. Like, you know, a bit of my childhood was here, a bit was here. How do I go about this? It's, it's amazing. Um, I can go for that as well. So and another thing, as you just mentioned, like, you know, there are a lot of people who grew up here or who were born here and they don't really have, like, you know, those strong ties to Nigeria. And then there are also other people who would have, you know, experienced similar things, but then to them, it's like, oh, no, all those experiences were shitty. How would you, like, you know, advise people to, you know, similar to how we are able to draw from that for our lives now, how would you advise people to turn those experiences into something positive and like, you know, turn those experiences, try to use those experiences going forward? Look, what I'd say is your experiences are as much a part of you as your arm or any of the limbs in your body. You have to embrace it. I mean, um, the way you speak, the way you carry yourself, all that has been molded by those experiences you've had. So I feel like if you can tap into that somehow, remember it, embrace it as part of who you are, then perhaps you can, I mean, really be yourself. Because growing up, like you said before, um, we were in Nigeria, we knew nothing else. So our, our behavior was what was natural to us. And we got some good things as well. We, we studied hard, all of those things. So if you can learn to do that again, but now you've got the experience of the Western world, Man. And the resources to back it. Exactly. Uh, and you know, Nigerians, Nigerians are just, I mean, we as Africans, from where we came from and now, we're just, we're, we're very, we're very, we're very like, we persevere a lot and we, we never stop going until we get, to, we get what we want. I mean, if you can tap into that, man, do it. Do it whatever way you can. And the best way you can do it for me is to obviously relate to people that are, have been through the same thing, to other Africans. Try and be African. That's, that's my only advice. 
what I would say is just embrace your your past experiences and learn from them. Um, because I think that's that's why we are we are where we are today. Because we've learned one thing or two from my experiences. It's not it's not just remembering the fact that oh I've been through this and I've been through this. It's taking something from it. It's one thing for you to just think about the experience, but not take anything to hold that motivates you. So whether you were born, you know, overseas, born in Nigeria, as long as you've had some experience, um, take it with you and let that drive you. Let that motivate you to be better every day. Yep. That's my biggest advice for anyone. And don't don't be ashamed of where you where you've come from. I mean, that's even if it's the slums, even if it's somewhere that is not as good as where you are now. Embrace that. I mean, that should be like a success story for you. You can turn that around. I mean, for example, with my I just my GP. I'm going to talk about university here. I think I'm one point short from a first class honors, and I was I was feeling very shit. Someone at work told me, Cornelius, you know, you can actually use this to your advantage. Let's say you go for an interview, you can make a joke. I'm like, hey, yeah, you know what? I'm always gonna be that guy who was like. Go to 74 out of the 75 and go set class honors um, for upper class, anyways. Uh, but you can actually get take positives from those things. Look, I went, I came from that to this. That shows that I can actually persevere. That shows that I've got something in me, and if that if that can be activated, I can I, I can achieve whatever I want. So nothing to be ashamed about. It's it's part of who you are. It's not all cherry and roses. Yeah, exactly. Like I never said, man. Look, learn from those experiences, and we do understand that. Not every experience is a great experience. Some experiences are shitty. Some experiences are like raw. But at the end of the day, what are you going to do? Delete that experience? It's happened. Now it's up to you to go, okay, this happened to me. This is how I'm going to use this going forward. This, this is what I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to take what I can from it and then I'm going to leave the, the rest of it. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, those experiences are what shape you. If that stuff didn't happen, your life would probably be in a different direction right now. Regardless of how little the change, some, like you, you understand... So, I think those experiences have happened. Learn from them. Live, just live your life. Not necessarily based on the fact that you had that experience, but there, there are parts of your life where you're going to look at it and be like, oh, rah, I've been through this before. I went through this. You know, this stuff can actually help me here. Mm. So, that's just, we just need to learn to like draw, draw from those experiences. Yeah, and also, I understand that some people might have gone through very, very difficult freaking past they it's just been very hard and they just want to forget about that and move on by all means deal with your those issues whatever way you feel mm. that would solve the problem do that yeah but i'm no psychologist but what i can tell you from personally speaking i can't speak for anybody else but personally speaking um the greatest achievements that i've had in australia has been when i actually i i, I dealt with things the way i know how to the mm. way that is natural to me i can just if it's just I'm like, you know what, forget about acting like you're, you're an Australian. Actually, speak like an African, speak like a Nigerian, act like a Nigerian. And you just see, just out of nowhere, everything starts falling in place. I deal with things differently. And I, I, like I said before, I'm trying to activate that even more. And that's why I'm trying to be more involved in the Nigerian community to see if I can do it. It can be a consistent thing for me. Yeah. And when we talk about experiences, I know a lot of our, like from our, our experience, a lot of it has been, you know, from the part of our life which we live in Nigeria. For those of you guys that were born here, and even those of you, you like you don't have to be Nigerian. You don't have to like look. Yeah, exactly. Everyone has their different experiences. Everyone has their different stories. Whatever that experience is, and you don't have to experience struggle. It does not have to be struggle. Yeah. However, like whatever your experience is, like for example, I was saying before the whole levels to the struggle thing. Like when I listen to you know Cornelius talk about oh how they were cooking in the little drum thing or you know this guy and his face may I slap you. I'm like look, I was privileged. I didn't have to go through that. 
But in the day, I had my own struggles. Yep. We had our own struggles, Absolutely. and I know how that shaped me. Same goes. Look, even even if you grew up with a silver silver spoon, you know how that experience has shaped your life, and you know how okay. These are the positives. These are the negatives. Okay, these are the parts of this. You know that experience that yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't want around here. Or these are the parts of that experience that is going to help me. Even something as simple as okay, this is how I grew up. I was, you know, let's say for example, you grew up as like someone who had everything done for them. You can look back on that and be like, okay, because all this stuff happened, because I had all this stuff done for me, I didn't get to do this, 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 and this, mm-hmm. and I don't know how to deal with this, 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 and this when I need to. So I'm going to take that, and I'm going to learn how to do this, this, and this yeah. based on that experience. Of course. And we're not trying to belittle anybody's struggles. Uh, mm-hmm. We are just mm-hmm. speaking from our own experiences as well. Like, people go through bullying, and they're in the Western world. Yeah. They go through depression. Exactly. They go through all these different things. And that is as, that's as valid as any other struggle from any part of the world. Exactly. So what we're trying to get out here is that try and find the positive in that. Use that as motivation to get things done and actually improve your life. Yeah, there are the people who have gone through way worse things that... That we have yeah, like way less experiences, and it's just kind of encouraging them away. That look, there's always you know a positive light at the end of the tunnel. Yep. Um, don't dwell too much on the bad experiences. Yes, some of them might be you know very very bad that they've affected sort of your you know your life and you know your future. But at the same time, take something positive. It's about you know being positive. It's about moving forward. It's about you know looking forward and not looking letting your past control your future. Yep. So just. Continue to look forward. Yes, it's tough, but at some point, um, you, you've got to let go and um, look at the positive side of it. That at least of all things, you've still got life. You've still yep. got an opportunity to create something new tomorrow. You've still got an opportunity to wake up tomorrow and go, okay, I need to do something new. So look at it that way and just don't think too much about, you know, what's happened in your past or whatnot. So. And we also understand, like when he says, you know, take positives from it, it's not necessarily going, oh, rah. Like, this is the happy part of it. Because there are some experiences yeah. that you cannot find. No, that there's nothing happy about it. There's nothing positive that you can see. What we're saying is, like, you know, there is always a learning. There's something yeah. to learn from it. Yeah. Yeah. There's that learning experience. There's so, regardless of, you know, what that is, you can, you can always go, look, okay, this happened. Even sometimes it's something like, the, something like, oh, this happened. I don't want that to ever happen again. Yep, absolutely. Exactly, yeah. And you let that drive you and push you. Exactly. Make sure that never happens again. It's almost as if you could say, this is my freaking bottom. I'm never going to be here again. Mm. Um, like what I used to do when I, was, when I came to Australia, because obviously, like we mentioned before, we have that experience in Nigeria. And also we came here and a whole new sort of lifestyle. I uh, went through periods like that. I just, things were going on in my head. It was very hard to sort of make sense of what was going on. And what I do is um, I'd write things down. I write down, Cornelius, this is how you felt on this certain day when this happened. Never, ever, ever experience this again. So whenever I come into a situation that is similar to that, I'd read that like, all right, Cornelius, remember, you went through this before. Exactly. So you, d- you don't want to feel this shitty again. So you have to do something differently. So, I mean, that's my way of dealing with things. You find your own way. What works for you? If it's writing things down, speaking to family, speaking to friends, going away for a bit, look, just try and find a way to get out of that hole. Exactly. And even going back to those our experiences, like some of it was shitty, but like, like I said before, you know, when Cornelius asked about the different experiences and which one you pick, I I wouldn't trade my childhood yep. from anything. Like one one actually like one of the things that I do whenever I'm going through like a shitty time and I just want to like unwind and just go back to when things were 
you know, simpler. I go on YouTube and I just listen to old Nigerian adverts. I'm not kidding. Like, I go on YouTube and listen to old Nigerian adverts, and it's just like just the nostalgia. It just, it just takes you back to a simpler time. Yes. Yeah. And it, look, it's one of those things, man. It's it's great. Even like just listening to like old Nigerian music, like the ones that were like you know those ones that were raining back when we were little. Yeah, right. I, I do that every now and again, where I just be like throwback songs from like what I used to listen to like when I was young, and it's like it just just takes you back to that time, and you know whether it was a you know good or bad time, you're just in a fun sort of you know space. Yeah, like you were you were you were a kid. Yeah. You know, you were a kid. Stuff was happening around you, yes, but you were you you got to be a kid. Dude, in the past few years, man, I think I've just fallen in love, so in love with Nigeria and the things we have, yeah. like with the music, with every like you said, you listen to adverts. Bro, you that's one of my that? favorite things to do. Yeah, that's that's one that I was actually gonna say. Like even coming here at the start, it was more okay. Yeah, it's all about Nigeria, Nigeria, Nigeria. Like we're fresh at the time, but then there there was a phase where you know. I wouldn't say you kind of didn't want to be Nigerian, but you kind of wanted to be westernized yep. in a way. Um, you just wanted to be like, you know, the people, you know, here and, you know, just not be so different. Yep. But now I just, I look at it and I'm like, bro, I, I just want to be Nigerian, man. Like, <laughs> yo, like, and look at the, every, don't, don't get me wrong, yeah, even, yeah. even now, Nigeria still annoys the, bro. <laughs> Nigeria still annoys, bro, there's but, so much that's going on that we look at and just like, bro, what the hell is wrong with this but country? But we have that connection that's like, bro. Yeah, but at the end of the day, like, regardless of, like, Nigeria has its issues and we will, we will be the first people to tell you, like, bro, this stuff needs to get fixed. But just that aspect of being Nigerian, yeah. bro, like no one can take that from you, man. Yeah, exactly. it is who we are. You can't I know change it. You don't even. You don't even. It don't matter whether you were born. You were born there. You were not born there. Your parents are Nigerian, bro. You're Nigerian. You grew up in that household. Be proud of being Nigerian, man. I love it. Absolutely, because um, always that song. What's that lyrics again? Always remember the way that leads you home, or something like oh, that. Yeah. Remember it's, the road that leads you home. Yeah, it's just like things. They just there's there's that home. I know that there's somewhere I can go to that people will accept me for who I am, mm. and I will have people that are like me around there. Mm. People like minded. I mean, just having that connection. I never want to lose that. I don't want my kids to lose that. I don't want my friends to lose that. And to do that, I need to embrace. And I'm pretty sure, like other people can relate as well. Not like not just Nigerian, whether you're Croatian, Indian, you know, yep. Chinese, bro. Like you know, like there are certain times, regardless of where you are, whether you're Australia, America, where you're just like, you know what, I'm this home. And the thing is, we have the ability to switch it and be full Australian and act a certain way. But I've just chosen not to do that. I'm like, you know what, screw it. Yeah, exactly. That That's what I mean by there's a point where you just wanted to act Australian. Yep. But now I don't even, I don't even think before I, you know, I do anything. It's just like, bro, however it comes out, comes out. If you think it's Nigerian, take it. I love it like that. Mm. Whereas before you were trying to hide the Nigerian in you and trying to force, you know, the Australian out of yourself. But mm. now it's just nah, fuck it, man. Whatever you, whatever you get, you get. Take. Yeah. Come to think of it now, man, we've got endless opportunities. We can be whatever we want to be. You yeah, know, I sure. used to, back in the days when you were younger, you read about those real influential Nigerians, those guys in the military, like um, Zorgo that went to the Australian freaking airbase and trained for a bit, and those ones that went to UK. And those guys were so, such great people. People could talk about us that way, that these guys that went from this childhood went to that, like, man, Jesus, I can't fucking. Nah, man, look. Yeah, no, seriously, it's this has been one of those conversations where 
Like you, you need to have those every once in a while. Like this today's episode has been a little bit different from normal. Yeah. But it's just yeah, it's no, nah, it's just one of those conversations that you just you just wanna have sometimes. Because today we didn't like we didn't really dive into it when we were talking about it earlier. It was just something that came up. Yeah. But then looking at that and going, rah, we've actually come far. Yeah. Like bro, I'm that little boy that used to run around the Zuboko. <laughs> with no shoes on, bro. Fucking hell. Totally, man. I'm that guy you probably, your parents probably saw on the back of a bus with <laughs> tattered clothes. They used to call me rough playboy. Like literally, I, <laughs> seriously, man. Man, I used to be that kid that just annoy everybody. Everybody will be annoyed. I'll come to your house. I'll come and pluck your fruits and I'll run away. Oh, I love doing that. Like, dude, that used to be us. We no, we just slippers. Like, we use. You know, when your slippers cut and you use something nailed. Yeah, I just put, yeah. the, put a nail with it. Nah, man. Oh man. All these experiences are nah, those uh, are fun yeah, times. Those are the days, man. And everywhere we turn, I mean, we're currently in Europe, and how many Nigerians do you see here? So many of them, and they go into struggles as well. You just, and it's so easy to spot them. It's just like. Nigerians, this mm. is this is they this they going through a hard time as well. Although they're overseas, they still go through a hard time, and I just hope they they find their way, man. Because yeah. yeah, there's that light. Well, yeah. Now look, talking about you know how I watch Nigerian ads and listen to music and just reminiscing. Look, bro, what's your favorite advert from back then? Oh wait, wait. Yeah. I, I said this one before. Well, Panadol. Panadol. But it did that goes because. I want to know one story about one man. He named him Solo. Solo now got for a big work shopping. Oh my God! Oh, he got some big work. The man waiting to be your guy. No, be your guy for strong, strong ADK. He had the no go. He had the Lord. Oh Jesus! Nah, my favorite one was because I actually loved this lolly yeah. Baba Blue. Bro, I told you the other day. I swear I'm not going to do it, man. The one from the wedding. Nah, the one from the wedding. Where it was like, of all the girls, when you asked to marry him, I don't really need to marry him. Bro. Yeah, I remember that one. Oh, my God. Do you guys God, remember no, that? No. Do you guys remember the MTN one? Which one? The one where he was like, I'll bring the... Was it the sun to you? <laughs> oh, the... Wait, was it the one... That was the like, conversation between... Ad. Yeah, him and the yeah. girl. And him and the girl, like, I'll bring the sun to you. <laughs> it was the cheesiest <laughs> advert, man. Dude, what about that Indomie one like this? Like, um, this Indomie. guy... He was not... He, 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 he was in front of a signboard. It was one of a signboard that had an Indomie thing and it had this plate of food, noodles and chicken. And he literally just... It's like I from remember, the sky. I remember it's, that. It's a part of it will disappear on the sideboard. Dude. No, how about this? I don't know if it's no, the one with the with the man that rejects the <laughs> food. And then he's like going out and then yeah. the smoke breaks <laughs> <and> <laughs> <and> <laughs> it comes back like, yo. Oh, no, yeah, that's one. He comes back home. Yeah. And then his wife gives him food. He's like, no. He's like, no. <laughs> and then he smells something like, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we had a crazy start, bro. Do you remember that when another news came out? Mimi Noodles. 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 Mimi and the big milk will kind of work well as well. Oh, I love Papilo. I don't say one, one day you go make us run. <laughs> wow. Oh, those, those are sick ads, man. And I like the way back then as well. It was actually pigeon and 
ads that actually you could relate to. Yeah. It was it's amazing. It's not like you watching one Oibo like this or one westernized black Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Our TV shows back then man do. Bro, TV shows. Back then we had two two TV channels, RS TV, NTA. Oh, I, I was on And um, then um, STV, what was it? STV? Silverbed television. Silverbed, yeah, that's right. And they came with, um, what's it called? Fuji House of Commotion. Fuji House of Commotion. And the Papa Jazz School. Super Story. Super Story. Rav, every Thursday. And then, what about 9 pm every weekday? You have Passion and also Paloma and Diego. Those Mexicans, those Mexican films, bringing second chance. <laughs> yeah, second oh, chance. I love second chance. Oh, <laughs> What's the other one, Rebecca? And like something all about Camila or something like that. Oh my god. Oh no, there was one with with the wait. Is it or oh, second chance? The one with the dead with the dead guy, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah and he comes back into this guy's yeah, body, like into another guy's body. Salvador. Yes, yeah, Salvador. <laughs> Salvador. There was one problem. Yeah, there was one. Went up before or after that. I can't remember which one it was. But I remember those days. Yeah, like. We had AIT, or we, I don't know, it was weird. Like, it was one of those ones where to watch it, you had to stand next to the TV and like touch the antenna. <laughs> as soon as you moved, it was like, <laughs> Nah, those are, those are the things you, you actually, whatever you were doing, you actually Bro, did not like miss it, man. Every Seriously. night. Dude, and what we used to back then is we would just get a copper wire and we'll put that back. You know, where you connect your thing to your yeah. antenna, you put it down, you put the copper wire outside to get network. Or to get like the signal. Yes. <laughs> that that was it. Antenna. Oh. <laughs> and after after that nine pm um so sort of second chance of Palo, Palo and Diego we're gonna eat night food. Yeah. And after I'm just gonna sleep. <laughs> the next day Ah no, that's that's happening so. Bro, when and that was when there was light too. Remember bro nah. I, to to get my mom to turn on the gen. The begging. <laughs> bro, the begging. She would just wanna refuse. And if you had that small generator, once you turn on the jam, make sure you're off free. Make <laughs> yeah, you have to team. control what you turn on, man. Dude. <laughs> oh, nah, it was also like going to, what did we call on the weekends? Where you go watch like soccer games and stuff. We had, oh, viewing stations. Yeah, viewing stations where yeah. heaps of people would like troop in and just sit down and watch games. I love going to those right. things, man. Cause Me and my friends, we had no money for that shit. So what we do is... Bro, I was in the whole time. No, no. <laughs> I snuck in half the time, bro. <laughs> there was, I remember this um, sort of viewing station. There was this small hole at the back of the wall. We would climb up to all oh. the in. And now we'll always catch us and chase us away. And you know what they used to do? They had the cashew tree. You know, you know how you have, you have cashews now and yeah. they only take the seed. Yeah. The actual fruit itself, they had the cashew tree there. And every time we'll come back from school, we're gonna plug this man's cashew tree. So what they did was that they put this red tape. No, this red cloth, they tied it around it. And once you see that, so put that in. <laughs> Little doctor. <laughs> <laughs> like, the superstitious stuff we used to believe back then, man. Bro, I remember one time I found money on the floor. Ooh. Oh yeah. It was like, bro, and yeah, it was, yeah, tell you don't pick money on the floor. You told this, was, this was not like <laughs> this, this, was, this was not like hundred naira. This was like, bro, at least a couple grand on the floor. I left it. Don't I looked at it. I was like, I'm not trying to turn into a goods. Right, right. <laughs> I ran back home. I told my neighbor's like wife. And she was just like, where? So she sent someone else with me to go and collect it because she didn't wow. care. But by the time we got there, it was gone. <laughs> Dude, two superstitions. That one with the guy that tied the cloth around the cashew tree. Apparently, if you go and pluck his cashew after he did that thing, the Yoruba we used to tell us, you take a broom and you keep on sweeping that place. <laughs> that guy comes back and releases and tells you to go home or beats you and lets you go home. Another one is that 
if you see, because we used to think that spirits used to come like in human form and walk around. If you go past somebody and suspect that person is a spirit and you look through your legs, you know how you have the open between your legs and you sort of squat and look through it, that person would, would appear straight. I think that person will disappear or that person will appear straight even though you're looking at the person upside Bro, down. There are so many superstitions, so man. Many superstitions. But the thing is, if you look at that person, that person will know that you've, looked, you've detected them, that they're spirits, and they'll come after you. There are so many superstitions. <laughs> so many stories, so many superstitions. But that was what made it fun, bro. Remember all the ones from all the, like, body, bro, Lady Koi Koi, Bush Baby, bro. <laughs> or, or the one where they said, if you wash um, a dog's eyes with water and use that same water to wash your eyes, you see spirits. And that's why dogs bark at night. But yeah, because, because they, they, see, see, they see all the spirits. Oh my God. <laughs> but even the stupid ones, like, if someone crosses over you, you can't be short. No. <laughs> the one was like, if someone crosses over me, I'll, I'll give it to a child that looks like them. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a good thing and a bad thing, but still, how does that make any sense? Dude, I know what you should try. For example, that dog one, uh, you, you think it's stupid, go and try it now. <laughs> it's spirits for night, you jump. <laughs> Your wife is gone. So those things, like, you just like, they don't want to try it, mm. but you never try it, you just yeah. scared. Yeah. It was, yeah. There was this cemetery, and apparently, if you point at it, your fingers will stay stuck like that. Wow. Did you ever try it? Am I mad? Am I dumb? You let us know, bro. Yeah. Oh, man. No, it was fun days, man. Fun days. Everybody used to back in. You have to be indoors around 9pm because that's when the whole family is there. You have food, mm. little chats here and there. If you lived on my street, you wanted to be back in because at the, like, the end of the streets, bro, guys were just chilling and still robbing you. Like you would walk past there, just hand over your phone. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> well, we have um, we have OPC in Lagos, like you know, those right, OPC, yeah, yeah. Would, but the thing is, those guys they would drink and they smoke, and sometimes like, we used to come back from vigil and we see these guys in different checkpoints. You, you can smell the alcohol, like these guys are not competent. You know, if they get pissed off now, they shoot you. What would you do? We didn't have that, man. No, no. You know what, man? Those were the those were the days, man. Back then, it was just. Music, things were easy, man. As well, like we looking at it back then, we thought life was hard. Yeah, I thought it was hard, but now, now we look at it and just like, bro, those bro, were the, those were the days. And the music at that time, we used to. My friend would download a song from Rap Trick, and then I'll bring my phone, and then I'll. Infrared. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I didn't have infrared. I'll just use recorder. Bro, you, had, you actually had a phone though. Remember, I remember when later on, Square. I remember when Fifth Square released um Do Me. They played like a mixed version first on the radio. Yeah. I thought it was the actual song. So this was, you know, before yeah. uh, if I Blue So I recorded the song and oh, I thought wow. I had the full song. And then I learned the whole lyrics. Well, basically what happened was like, you know, they played the one part of the song and then they just looped it. So I thought that was part of the song where they yeah. were doing it. And then I heard the actual version of the song. I was trying to do like I knew the song. Bro, the lyrics were different. <laughs> <laughs> the lyrics were different. <laughs> And back then when you're recording, tell people, shut up, don't say anything. You can't talk, man. Because if you stop once, you destroy my recording. That's too mad. <laughs> and if you're recording it on radio, you can't rewind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and things to keep yourself entertained as well. Maybe if you're not playing ball, you are doing like, you know, this yabby stuff. You're kind of mess like this. <laughs> oh, 
That wasn't even to keep yourself entertained. That was what we did in like school or just randomly <laughs> with friends and shit, man. Bro, nothing used to nothing. No, but back then, yeah. Bro, if you, when someone said that then, shit to you, yeah, you you, you were tight. Yeah, no, bro. Yeah, exactly. bro, you wanted you to, to cry. You had to be ready for it because if you did not come yeah, back, you lost. Somebody's going home crying. Imagine yeah. somebody came and told you, "What was the other one? Oh, the finance game for your village." Yeah, the one that was Oh, they tell you your blackness like devil Bible. <laughs> You may saw the fish for CC, are we see The tallest man for your village is ladder climb, Maggie. Oh, you mess up with like it. You're flat just like tender bed. Oh, I hate that one, bro. You, you blow that one, she got a lot of people, bro. You're flat here like The thing is, I had like a system. There was yab after yab, you just I can't the whole thing. You, you always used to start with like, you blow up and you say, Indian butter. You're flat just like tender bread. <laughs> No, that's, <laughs> bro, that's fucked, bro. That was, and if you couldn't come back, just go and cry. Yeah, exactly. Just go and cry. <laughs> You've lost. You, and then you, after Lawa, all these games. Yeah, bro, this slap in my hand, bro. Does this? Police and thief. <laughs> Police catch thief. <laughs> hide and seek. We used to hide and seek uncompleted buildings. Hide, Lord. And those buildings now went back to Nigeria in 2013, 2014. They're still uncompleted. Some of them were still uncompleted, but yeah. some of them were like schools now. Mm. But we used to play ball, they've turned that place into a market. Oh, ah, yeah. Like. Bro, there was this uncompleted building next to my house. My boy flying side there. This guy, this guy, bro. I started jumping fence because of this guy. Because, <laughs> no, no, like, you know, normally you go there and ask them nicely. This guy refused. If the boy entered there, it's his property now. So, bro, I started jumping fence. And the thing is, as well, seniority. Like, let's say you have one senior living next to you. They'll just be slapping you and you're beating you and what are you going to do? Back then, my, my, my group teacher, Mr. Motayo, that guy was also a photographer. So imagine if this, this man will vlog you at school and then you come back home, you see his face again, mom is telling you to touch your pose. It's fine. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. I am telling you. <laughs> oh my God, Mr. Motayo, that man, wicked man. Don't take that family problem and go to school. <laughs> The one that vexed, the one, bro, the one that vexed me, this guy, what's his name, Pastor Fred? Our CR, CRK teacher, exactly, that's why it vexed me. You're supposed to be a pastor, you're supposed to be nice. <laughs> bro, this man, this man here, yeah, I don't think his church people knew he was a teacher. Wow. He, so basically, his church was not far from the school. So you have to, if you're walking to the school or walking away from the school, you have to walk past his church. So if we see him there, we'd like, greet him, which is what you would do. This guy will come to school and flog you for greeting him. <laughs> he said, if you see me outside of school, call me Pastor Fred. Wow. Wow. He doesn't want people to Oh, this guy will call Papa. Papa is an old man, though. Or back then he was an old man. I don't know where he is now. But Papa will still flog you. You're like, Papa, why are you still flogging people? <laughs> it's, it's, it's obviously a lot of effort for you, but Papa will come. He's an English teacher. Why? 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 Fuck. <laughs> if you have a heart attack now, what would you tell your people? <laughs> now some people you think that will probably not be capable of beating like, like old men and stuff. In which country? They were they were the worst. <laughs> they, they were the only worst men. Especially like one of them was a gate man. Bruh. Come late for school once. He was here and win. There was a day Papa did not want to beat us. He wanted to beat us, but also he didn't want to do it. So he called another teacher to come and beat us. Imagine that. Imagine Lord. <laughs> I, I remember. I remember my, uh, what's it called, when I was in primary school, year three, so primary three. Whenever, like, this woman, she, she didn't used to vlog us, she would call the music teacher. My man used to beat us with drumsticks. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> drumsticks. He would drum on your ass. You know what the funniest thing was? Uh, they would tell you, 
Mr. Goody Goody, what they used, they used to call the cane. So they'll bring different canes. Dr. Do Good. Select the one you want. <laughs> oh, I, uh, imagine you're selecting the weapon that used to beat you. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, and my dad used to have this koboku in his dashboard ah, of his car. Koboku is the worst. And then you get beaten, because that thing wraps around you, yeah. man. There's three stripes, dude. Yeah. They flow you once, it doesn't just hurt at the particular spot. It wraps <laughs> around, and it's very those thin parts, the actual tip of it, that hurts the most. No you way. better hope they didn't pull it out as you were wiping you as well because that thing. No, 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 And you know, you know, we talked about getting beat in assembly at, at, let's say, at the end of the term. Mm. Usually, like, when you go out there, you're a senior, you don't want to cry. You just go out there, okay, now, put your nash. Bro, you just said, but this will be pinning you. You're talking, you're talking about crying. In my school, you had one term to cry JS1, first term. After that, cry, bro. You would know, but they will not let you forget it. You're losing respect. You don't want, you don't want your junior telling you this one that was this senior was crying. <laughs> Look at you. Yeah, you you had to, you had to learn how to just go there and I take it. Boys has strategies, man. At some point, we're wearing jeans, bros. You're wearing jeans. My teachers will remove that jeans and you wipe you. But the thing is, they will remove now. Nah. Bro, try Mr. Justice. He will come and tap your hands first. That's for station at this point, man. He will make sure. Uh, <laughs> they can tell from the sound as well. If you surprise, one of the one guy called Jerry, he tried to put book inside ah. the hash. They caught him. This guy got beat him all over his body because of that. <laughs> they whipped him. The thing started. You're like Mr. Man. Don't tell me that Mr. Man. What did you put Mr. there? Mr. Yola said, ah, <laughs> you, you want to use? I remove it. <laughs> but then, but I remember uh, the the most important thing for me was to keep my reputation in the school. Obviously, to juniors and all of that. So I cannot just imagine. I can't just envision a junior telling me to be. Or call, calling me Toby. Like, you know, that's so disrespectful for me. They always ask me, Senior Toby. And imagine me crying in assembly, impossible. Bro, nah. bro I'd rather not come to school for you that. You had to learn, assembly. you had to learn how to burn it. You had to learn how to take it, bro. Dust it, man. I used to get flogged every day. Like I told you before, there was not a single day from JS1, so year 7 to SS1 when I left, that I, there was not a single school day that I didn't get flogged. Because my class, market people. Oh, yeah, nice Bro, a teacher will come in, flog everybody in the class. As soon as his legs touches the door, it's as if you're in freaking one market somewhere. And you know what used to piss me off? You know, I used to have free period as well. Let's say you have a free period. Oh, no, since teacher will just come and say, you know what, guys, we're going to have a class. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, it's a free period. Get the fuck out of here. Bro, I wouldn't get free periods to fucking SS1, bro. Nah, man, freaking free periods, bro. Yeah, I think you have to be like a senior to get yeah, 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 so free periods. Period. Like, you need to be a senior before you start getting free periods mm. and things like that. But I remember trying to run, like, run to the bloody, so the dining where the boarding students ate during free period, all in, you know, pretending to study. Just because I didn't want to be in that class because I knew flogging was coming. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nah, those were the days, man. Anyways, we need to wrap up this conversation. We've got a bus to go catch, you know. Yeah, but our Thanksgiving is over. <laughs> nah, it's, it's been a, it's been a, a solid episode, but just reminiscing about old times, you know. Um, but yeah, um, you know where to find us. Bias reality underscore on Instagram. And if you have anything to contribute, if you have any stories, man, feel free to DM us yeah. on Twitter, Instagram. Also, jump on our website if you want to see what platforms you can reach us on. Biasreality.com. 
Um, and Cornelius, if you want to plug your Instagram one more at this point, again, 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 Kastuka, of course, you might have some new listeners and all that. But um, props to you guys for making this happen today. Very, very difficult situation. Thanks for being here, man. Thanks for following us to find a place to record. My ass is hurting right now. I mean, this is right there. Yo, um, but yeah, no, look, you can find me as usual at Pharrell, F-O-U-R-R-E-L-L on Instagram. And you can find me on O-S-O-R-I-M-E-N. O-S-O-R-R-I-M-E-N. I use that on all my social media handles, so Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever. Whatever social media handles there are, I use um, basically the same username, so you can find us there. We're going to wrap this up, and like we said earlier today, man, take the positive out of everything. Yep. Or take, you know, a learning point out of everything and use that to push you and motivate you. Tomorrow's always a new day. Stay blessed. And Peace. like he said, feel free. Look, send us your own stories. We want to know your stories, you know. Regardless of where you're from, anywhere, just let us know those childhood stories that you hold dear. Mm. Anyways, us. Peace out, yo. See you all next week in where? Where are we next week? I don't know, but same time next next week. Same time next week. Catch up.